Hey there, Hushlings. It's your boy, Slick Frank Sanders of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm here to let you know that in today's episode, we will be covering the subject matters of suicide as well as self-harm. If either of these two subject matters are a little bit too touchy or sensitive to you, I would highly suggest that you go listen to one of our more lighthearted, funny episodes. We've got tons of them throughout our catalog that will make you smile, make you feel good especially if this isn't for you. If you or a loved one is suffering from suicidal thoughts and or thoughts of self-harm, we at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour would suggest you find help. You can do so by texting or calling 988, the Suicide and Crisis Hotline, and there I'm sure somebody will be happy to talk to you through whatever it is you're going through. And with that being said, Hushlings, please enjoy today's episode. Thank you. Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. The Bible isn't an end-all tell you the end story, it doesn't tell you the full beginning story, it gives you a picture. Oh no, that's not the Bible, well neither are TVs, and cable satellites, <laughs> and elf weapons, and technology. Y'all just use that and say stupid, you just wanna, you just wanna stay in your ignorance. So many are asleep because they have no discern, they need to wake up to even, you should said, discern the time relationship should be with the living word himself. Himself. Not the pages of the KJB that was written and edited by the Masons and Secret Societies. Greetings, Hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our messenger from God, Slick Frank Sanders. Hey, yo, it's the sadistic young prophet, Slick Frank Sanders. How we doing? That should be your rap name. <laughs> sadistic Frank Sanders? Yeah. Young sadistic prophet. Sadistic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boys, it's Christmas time. How was your Christmas? It's Christmas time. Well, just to give you a little bit of a slice into my life this Christmas... This is the third consecutive year that I've gotten COVID hey. right before Christmas. Nice, uh, nice. So there's that. Yeah, how about you guys? My bank account hates me. My child just, will love me, but. <laughs> I just got over a respiratory illness. We're all dealing with the motions of the holidays, right? Sickness mm, in some mm. sort of way, right? It's sickness and poverty. <laughs> <laughs> American dream. Yep. Living it. <laughs> Today we're exploring the virtual cult where it's suggested that everyone from Queen Elizabeth to Barack Obama were shape-shifting lizards whose alien overlords were hell-bent on world domination and had placed them in power to establish a one-world government. Let's talk Sherry Schreiner. But before we hit the World Wide Web Make sure to check us out on all our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as always. 
You can also find us at our website, www.hushhussociety.com, the home of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast. There you can find all of our socials. You can get the blog posts. You could get the audio. You can find your way to our video. You could get everything and more right there at the website. And like Frank just said, all of our video, the links to our Rockfin, or you can check out rockfin.com slash hush hush society for all our video portions. Also, Hushlings, it would do us a great service if you would go on to your local podcast player and leave us a rating, whether it be Spotify, five stars, Apple Podcasts, five stars, and a little comment. Hey, you guys are doing great. Or if you're listening on a podcast player that doesn't have a rating system, just hit up our website. There's an entire area to leave us a personal review. And a voicemail. And a voicemail. Yes. Yes. Hit us up on there. Leave us a rating. We appreciate it. Hushlings, our, I don't even know how many live shows we've had, but our next live show is going to be debriefing 65 on January 9th. As we've said before, video in Hi-Fi live on Rockfin, January 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and we are covering celebrity and government clones. All right, Hushlings. Sherry Jan Coberly was born in 1965 in Cleveland, Ohio. She had a deep interest in religion from a very young age. She was raised in a strict Baptist home and claimed to have been reading Bible prophecy at the age of 12. In 1994, Sherry enrolled at Liberty University. She studied journalism, political science, and criminal justice, and worked as the news director for the school's radio station. She'd always wanted to be a White House news reporter. Sherry transferred to Kent State University. Kent State big university in uh, history, folks. After leaving Liberty, where she claimed to have triple majored and graduated. However, it was later revealed that this was not the case, and Sherry did not graduate at all. Yeah, Hushlings, before we go on, just know there is not a whole lot of background as to the personal life of Sherry Schreiner. This was pulled from multiple different sources and as much as we could find honestly. As we go forward, just keep that in mind that she did have this air of mystery around her actual personal life. She wrote and published two books in 2005 titled Aliens on the Internet and Bible Codes Revealed, where she discusses battling the false prophet, preparing for Yahweh or God's salvation to the world, and the 1954 cover-up of a planned alien landing at Edwards Air Force Base. Ooh. Hmm. Sherry later returned to Ohio and married Arch Schreiner. Arch was a carpenter, and Sherry planned to stay at home with her kids. She had four children and three grandchildren. Beautiful, beautiful family. Wonderful. Her time at home, along with the rise of the internet, would mark the very beginning of her internet career. Ah, the internet. Mm. We wouldn't be us without the internet. Thank you, Sherry. A gift and a curse. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for for preparing the internet for for us. For pushing the internet for all us fucking hoopla loony bins that are over here. From the early 2000s, Sherry would start to get into conspiracy theories through online forums. Pre-Reddit, folks. She followed many different Christian conspiracy groups and networked with many different people through her newly created internet radio show, 
Sherry Talk Radio. This was a weekly show that she had released for 14 years. Yeah, she was pretty good about her schedule with her show. She never missed a show. She was there. I think she released episodes every Monday. Oh, wow. We've never missed a show either. Hey, and we release every Monday. Banger. Starting to churn my stomach a little bit. Are we a cult? Are we a cult? (laughs) We are not a cult. I think we've established that we are the branch Hushtillians at this point. I think that's (laughs) where we're going with that. Sherry tried to merge her new audience with already established groups to create a larger force to fight against the New World Order. Of course, need a bigger army. She became interested in a man named Donald Croft, who was the leader of the group The Etheric Warriors. Now, Don refused to join forces with Sherry, which later she would claim Don's group was a PSYOP or a group of evil agents. She didn't like the rejection. Ooh, the ego is strong. You'll see, Hushlings, as we go on, how she kind of always did that to people that she didn't agree with, is to turn them into the bad guy. From Don's group, she would take up an interest in something called Oregon and be the catalyst for referring to her followers or fans as Oregon Warriors. Oregon is an object created into an amulet, pyramid, or piece of jewelry that contains energy to fight off a myriad of things including stress, disease, and bad energy. You can buy these. Are they expensive? I believe she has like a thing that she still sells that people sell. It almost looks like a hockey puck. Hockey puck, like you said, an amulet. Uh, pyramid organ is very popular because it's mm. kind of a thing that you put into your home. Now, organ has an interesting history to it also. It was first kind of brought about by this doctor, Wilhelm Reich, in the late 1800s. And he would create this chamber, which was made out of wood and lined with metal. And he said that that would harness sexual energy from human beings because sexual energy was the energy of life. His students later would go on to develop organ and make it kind of portable, I guess you could say, or easy to obtain. It's essentially just comprised of a liquid resin that hardens. Tourmaline, quartz, kyanite, or zinc. The resin then hardens and puts pressure on the crystals, which creates electrical energy to heal certain things. You can find them on Etsy. Look them up. People sell sets of them, sets of them. Most of them kind of look like, like Mike was saying, resin hockey pucks with copper filaments inside and crystals and different things. And the... Etheric warriors actually gifted Oregon to many of these people, and Sherry actually would weaponize it for her followers. That's why some of these people still sell this stuff, because they claim that it would fight off the reptilians and fight off demons. So if you have these in your house or you have these on you personally in like a backpack, you're able to ward off this bad energy or even possession, I guess, in some sense. These people on Etsy now, she was the forerunner of selling the Oregon on her website and claimed it was the strongest and most effective if it was made by her. The gatekeeper of Oregon. (laughs) Well, the thought process behind that is that the energy of the person that makes the Oregon goes into the Oregon. So with her being this figure from heaven, apparently, she thought and sold her Oregon as the most powerful Oregon that you could get. 
It seems a little bit witchcrafty. To me, that's what separates it from just the whole crystal thing, like crystals putting off certain different energies and minerals, different shit like that, protecting you and healing you. When you're saying, because I made this, it's stronger, it starts to get a little bit more witchcrafty for me. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. And one of her bigger claims with Orgon made by her was that it could bring down alien craft. It could crash UFOs. Big claim. In 2016, Sherry was a guest on The Truth Train with Liberty Lisa. What a great name. A show run by Christian truthers. Sherry gained fame from her guest spot on the show, and her followers grew as a result. However, things took a turn when Sherry's followers attacked Liberty Lisa after she called out Sherry for their differing beliefs. Sherry went on to accuse Lisa Show of being a government psyop for disseminating disinformation. There it is again. Just mentioned the Christian truthers. Now, the Christian truthers are kind of a a large group when it comes to the conspiracy realm. Mm -hmm. They are hardcore Christians, but they also believe in conspiracy theories and how they relate to each other. Liberty Lisa and Sherry had a differing opinion on aliens. Sherry thought that they were demons. Sherry thought that aliens were pretty much here to take over the world and all this other stuff. Um, Liberty Lisa did not believe in that. She thought that aliens didn't exist and that they weren't here to do that. Angels and the whole Christian story. They definitely butted heads and that essentially had all of Sherry's followers, all the Oregon warriors coming out and leaving death threats for Liberty Lisa. Crazy, crazy stuff around this appearance on her show. It wasn't that long ago. It's the energy that was put out in 2016, I guess, right? Do you think that we could get really devout followers? Not saying that we're a cult or that we should have devout followers or anything, but probably have a few already i was gonna say i think we have a few and if we ask them to do some crazy things they might (laughs) like if you vlogged while getting gutted by wolves in alaska season 10 let's really start to reach out to the hushlings and find find the hardcore ones hardcore hushlings just randomly take random hushlings from across the country east coast west coast and tell them meet us here at this day this time it could be just be a steakhouse some of them definitely would oh yeah easily especially for steak if you don't wire transfer us each ten thousand dollars you're not getting audio next week (laughs) (laughs) we'll just hold the fucking show for ransom we're not gonna release a show until we get ten thousand dollars in our paypal By 2017, Sherry had gained over 6,000 subscribers and over 1 million views on her content, which focused on the alleged alien agenda and Lucifer's last days. Sherry's Facebook page was her main source of followers, but there were no photos or videos of her available online. Despite the lack of visual evidence of her identity, Sherry's following continued to grow as she shared her conspiracy theories and beliefs with her audience. Her videos are not up anymore, correct? I think I've looked. Yeah, so the videos are essentially gone, but the show you can still find, the audio you can definitely still find, and a lot of her websites are still up. Mm. There's still a a footprint. Let's get into what Sherry believed and that 6,000 other people on her YouTube channel as well believed. 
According to Sherry, she was a celestial queen known as Queen Shazarazi in heaven. She claimed to be one of God's 14 children and saw herself as Jesus Christ's sister. Sherry was also known as the prophet of the Most High, and she referred to God as Yah or Yahweh. According to Sherry, God had 14 children, two males and 12 females, the two males being Jesus Christ and Lucifer, and that she was actually born in heaven and had an entire life in heaven. Queen Shazarazi, I believe she was known as the Fire Queen. Do we know about how old she was when she started coming up with this uh, backstory for herself? I would say she probably started to believe in this in the 2000s, so like late 90s. Yeah, so she was probably in her 40s. Mm, Interesting. She might have had it her whole life, and then there was finally the outlet of the internet to do that. If you guys were to believe really quickly that you you were a descendant of God, would that be something that came from when you were a child, or would that be something that come right now? You're like, oh, epiphany. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Did she have these beliefs prior to her following? I know she was raised in a very religious household and she was reading the Bible at 12 and so on and so forth. But did she have these claims about herself before she started taking mass control over these people on the Internet? Or was this a method of control that she was using to manipulate people, saying that she was a child of God and that she could commune with god and shit like that we should go through and listen to some of her audio she might disclose some of that information in some of her audio i think the prophet talk mostly came after she started really gaining traction with followers when she first started she was trying to join forces with a bunch of other groups hence her kind of going out and finding the christian truthers and the etheric warriors and whatnot She was trying to kind of gain listenership and gain followers. And as her fame grew within the realms of conspiracy, her claims about herself grew with it. Take some pages out of this book if you ever want to start a cult. The self-proclaimed prophet used her radio program to discuss her beliefs about doomsday predictions, which she believed were related to both the Bible and reptilian overlords. According to Sherry, the world was controlled by the NWO, who used clones to carry out their orders and eliminate their opposition. We've been seeing it on a massive scale, said Schreiner in 2016. Celebrities, news announcers, even people in commercials, everybody you see on TV, about 90%, is a clone or a synthetic robotoid. I like that word, robotoid. Stay tuned, man. (laughs) She also believed that aliens were the spawn of Satan living in another dimension. Sherry claimed that she could hear the voice of God through secret codes hidden in the Bible. That's another big claim. The thing that I couldn't understand in doing all this research and like listening to her and reading about her is if she actually believed the things that she was saying or if it was essentially a sales pitch. Because she would talk often about how broke she was and she would ask for donations and she would ask for people to buy the organ. And, but at the same time, she sold the organ, but she also showed people how to make their own organ. It wasn't necessarily that she was gatekeeping organ. Obviously, she would say, 
mine is the best, but she wasn't keeping a secret about how to make it or how to obtain it. And later on, she would send a ton of Oregon to the Oregon warriors to go on these things called Oregon missions, which we'll get into. But I never could understand whether or not she actually believed in this or if it was just to gain the fame to get the money. To me, that holds weight that she did believe in it, though, if she's giving out the secret, even though hers is, quote, the best. If she's giving it out, then she's allowing other people to explore it themselves. So that actually, to me, gives weight that she's like, OK, everybody needs to know how to do this. It's where the fight in me comes trying to figure out whether it was real or not and to her. I was going to say with some cult leaders, you can look at a picture of them or a couple of pictures of them and be able to tell like, okay, this person is batshit crazy and they definitely believe what they're preaching. Like, for example, Marshall Applewhite, if you've seen pictures of this dude, you know that he believed in his heart what he was preaching was like the gospel of God. He really, truly believed everything he was saying through and through. But if you look at, say, a picture of like Jim Jones of the People's Temple cult, he looks like a fucking salesman. That dude looks like a CIA operative. Looking at pictures of Sherry Shriner, it could go either way. What pictures are you talking about? Because there's only one picture of her. Yeah, there's like there's two pictures I found on the internet of her. There's one picture that Dave used in the artwork, and there's one picture of her holding a fish during a fishing trip. Those are the two known photos of her. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not a picture of her. Yeah, you're probably looking at Barbara Rogers. Yep, that's who I'm looking at. Yeah, I don't know why, but every time you look for pictures of Sherry Shriner, Barbara Rogers pops up. She did that on purpose because she claimed that her image being online would put her in danger from unknown operatives, mm. the men in black, CIA, that would come out and try to harm her or kill her. Even in her videos, on her social media, nothing. She had no pictures of herself. Yeah. That's why the only picture that you can find is a really old picture of her, right. probably from the early 90s, late 80s. Mm -hmm. And then you see this one picture towards the end of her life she released for some very odd reason. Just put it on Facebook. With her devoted following, Sherry was able to amass thousands of loyal followers who believed in her message. Despite never actually meeting her in person, they were drawn to her ministry, which she led from the confines of her computer, as do we. As a result, she became known as an internet cult leader, wielding a great deal of influence and power over her followers, even though she had never physically interacted with them. We're going to change that with our cult. You can touch us. We're going to touch. <laughs> Schreiner made a unique contribution to the world of cults with the creation of a virtual cult. Not many had existed. Unlike traditional cults that rely on physically trapping their followers, a virtual cult has control over its members through mental and financial manipulation. While followers of a virtual cult may not be physically confined, they can still become trapped in a cycle of mental and financial dependency on the cult leader and their teachings. Sherry also believed that she had a direct line to Yahweh, or God, and could offer her followers a place in heaven alongside her. In order to secure their spot, her devoted followers, known as the Oregon Warriors, 
could either purchase Oregon products from her website or donate money to her cause. So by purchasing her products, you could sit right alongside Sherry Shriner in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it's a win-win. Who wouldn't? She claimed that all of the information and Oregon missions provided by her were leading towards the final battle at the end of the world. To her followers, Sherry was a prophet and a guide, offering them a path to salvation through her teachings and products. If you bought these hockey pucks, like you survived the rapture, is that where she was kind of getting at? The Oregon could defeat demons or mm. defeat the reptilian scourge. There were so many stories in her radio show where she would talk about Oregon. She was wearing Oregon and she went out into the town and there was a man that was staring at her from across the way. And as soon as she pulled her Oregon out and exposed it to him, he screeched and ran away from her. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of very weird accounts where she says that people that are exposed or entities that were exposed to the Oregon had run away and gotten scared and almost felt pain. She described it as they feel a burning sensation. I'm going to get one of these and bring them to public places with me. There's pages and pages of these things, man. Like it's we can make them. Let's do hush, hush society, Oregon blasters, man. We're, we're doing it. We're going to shape them like actual blasters, like from like 1950s sci-fi movies. Hushlings will return after this short message. Greetings, Hushlings. Put on your best tux with the boys as we walk the red carpet at a gala. Where we explore the fascinating conspiracy pertaining to celebrities in the entertainment industry, as well as figures in our own government. Sisters aren't actually sisters. Mothers aren't actually mothers. The president might not be the president. And pop stars are actually government operatives killed by the CIA, living in secrecy, or even knowingly, a clone. All being controlled by the ancient organization of the Illuminati. Why do some stars appear to never age? Why do some politicians look entirely different at different times? Could Steve Jobs, Avril Lavigne, Eminem, Joe Biden, and the wife of the prince, Meghan Markle, be clones of their former selves? One celebrity even claimed publicly that he was a government clone. Get weird with us on Monday, January 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific for Debriefing 65, Celebrity and Government Clones, live on Rockfin. Hushlings, we'd like to let you know that Rockfin is officially the home of the new Hush Hush Society video content. It is the exclusive home to all of our debriefings, declassified discussions, and all of our video content. It's very easy to go over there, rockfin.com forward slash Hush Hush Society, and you can subscribe to our channel. And be sure to check out our website, the one-stop shop for everything Hush related. There you can find all of our blogs, our audio debriefings, links to our merch, as well as all of our social media links. Lastly, if you love our show and want to support us in becoming a better podcast, look us up on Patreon. We've got a ton of exclusive content over there for only $5 a month. That's www.patreon.com forward slash hush hush society. And as always, Hushlings, we would welcome you to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you're able to leave us a rating, including our website. 
Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Ah, moving on. The devotion of her followers would turn to tragedy, of course, and none greater than the death of 22-year-old Kelly Pingilly. On December 29th of 2012, the body of Kelly Pingilly, an Oregon warrior and devout follower of Shriner, was found in the Waterloo State Recreational Area of Waterloo Township, Michigan. According to reports, Kelly had died of an apparent suicide. As Kelly listened to Sherry's show, her friends noticed a change in her behavior. She became obsessed with conspiracies and spent hours transcribing the episodes for others to read. Kelly also struggled with night terrors. Desperate for relief, she turned to Sherry for help. According to her, Oregon could not only cure Kelly's night terrors, but also could rid her of any other negative energies that may have been affecting her. Kelly became fascinated by the concept of Oregon and decided to start making her own. I have to ask real quick before we move on, is this like a way of smudging? Like a whole different type of smudging? Maybe through like energy means. The way that Sherry used Oregon, it was more so to defeat reptilians and demons and like negative energy. Well, you and I have that conversation all the time where we think that that's one and the same. So, I mean, it could be. But if you look back to the inception of it with Dr. Reich, he claimed that it could cure anything. He actually went to prison because of his claims. The FDA caught on to what he was saying about Oregon. A lot of those energy chambers that he had built ended up in therapist offices. It became like this really big thing where he was touting that Oregon could cure cancer, Oregon could cure depression, and it was essentially a cure-all for anything that could afflict the human body. And then he ended up going to prison for that. That's a stark claim, to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to cure your cancer with that. I mean, obviously, back in the 1800s when he was doing this, the early 1900s. Oh, well, then that's not. Then never mind. Never mind. If that's that time period, then you're going to believe that now. Yeah, 2022. So say like, anything. hey, hey, take this acrylic hockey puck and your colon cancer is gone. This is still around the time where they're putting leeches on people's eyeballs, right? Yeah, bloodletting. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Kelly had dreams in which reptilians kidnapped, raped and tortured her astral body. She believed that she was turned into a sex slave for 13 months after being kidnapped by super soldiers. She also believed that she was a host to eight astrals, and astrals being heavenly entities. So she had eight babies, astral babies inside of her. Yeah, eight mm. astral entities living inside of her. I'm picking up on a lot of different mental disorders that this possibly could be. But, you know, let's not put any labels on this whatsoever, no mental ailments or anything. Mm -hmm. She has her own really big claims, one being one of God's children, and then this one being actually astrally taken and mm. had things happen to them. In 2011, Kelly was surprised to receive an invitation to meet with Cherry, which was a rare occurrence. Kelly began going on Oregon missions traveling to various locations to disperse Oregon with the intention of destroying underground alien bases. Speaking of bases, we're covering them all. Here's where things get interesting. Kelly would be told by Sherry that she was part of a group known as the Elect. They were 144,000 angels residing on Earth, selected by Yah. The Elect were the firstborn from heaven. 
and once they left their earthly bodies, Satan would take over the earth and kickstart the final battle. It's such a cool concept. It's a movie, realistically. It's, it's, the, show, it's the show Lucifer, essentially. You're dealing with this epic battle of good and evil. Where did it come from? You know, where do you actually go every day where you're like, I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger, but I'm thinking about this situation in my head. The entire thing I thought was incredibly wild because even if Sherry didn't gain fame from conspiracy theory and from her radio show, she easily could have been a writer. Coming yeah. up with the things that she came up with, she could have been a screenwriter. I mean, she wrote books, but she could have been a big time writer coming up with a lot of sci-fi, a lot of like wild, wild type of stuff, fantasy stuff. I think it was always kind of her destiny to be a famous person, whether it be because of what she was famous for or what she could have been famous for. On December 20th, Kelly posted a blog about all timelines converging into one event, culminating in a single event that would kill off all of those that did not follow Yah. So the rapture, so, so to speak, right? Essentially. Kelly went to a nearby pharmacy in the afternoon on December 28th to buy sleeping pills. She drove to the Waterloo State Recreational Area, entered the woods, and then took her own life. Kelly stated in a letter left for her parents that she was returning home to complete her mission for Yah and to save humanity. It sounds like, okay, I'm leaving. My soul is ascending to the next step. And that's mm -hmm. what they did with Heaven's Gate as well. Now keep in mind the date, December 28th. It is winter. She is in Michigan. The report goes that she entered the woods. She got into some sort of clearing she took off her jacket and her sweater and essentially laid down and went to sleep. So she died from exposure. I mean, and an obvious drug overdose of sleeping yeah. pills. Well, the tragedies don't end with Kelly's death. There are other followers that have unfortunately passed on because of a direct result of beliefs from this uh, so-called cult. Tragedy continued around Sherry with one of her biggest supporters. At around 2 a.m. on July 15th, 2017... Pocono Mountain Police responded to a call from Barbara Rogers, stating that she had accidentally shot her boyfriend, Stephen Mineo. Stephen and Barbara were both ex-members of the Oregon Warriors. Sherry had set out on a mission to break up Stephen and Barbara, something she had done previously to other couples within her ministry. Oh, dude, so you got Heaven's Gate and Branch Davidians. It's just like, urgh, just coming together. You got the same concepts of both things of this is weird shit there were reports that she had asked certain men to get divorces from their wives anytime that somebody would believe in something that she was doing but their spouse didn't believe she would ask them to leave them it was more control over the person which again speaks to a cult even though she would say over and over and over again on her radio show, I do not run a cult. How can I run a cult? I'm just some old, poor lady in the middle of Ohio, you know, blah, blah, blah. She always kind of wrote it off as like nothing. But in reality, she had a stranglehold on a lot of people's lives and she exposed it many times. Sure looks like it. Yeah. I was going to say like with traditional physical cults with the physical trapping of people 
having them all sort of together. I could see why a cult leader would separate couples and have couples get divorced and shit like that. And you make a good point if you had a couple where one was a follower and one didn't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, I could see how Sherry would want to get them split up. But with this case, you have a couple that both of them were followers of the Oregon Warriors. Mm. I don't necessarily see why she would try to drive that wedge. Looking at it, I think that it was definitely a jealousy thing, and I think that she did have some sort of feelings for Steven, because after his death, she did talk about him in a very kind light. She always said very nice things about him, and apparently, according to other followers, her and Steven would stay up on Facebook chats, you know, some sort of group chat that they had literally all night just the two of them. Other members would leave and and go to sleep or log off and her and Steven would stay on and just talk and talk and talk and talk. And that was pretty much like almost a nightly thing. So it was more of a personal thing and not so much a cult control thing. To me, it feels like a personal thing. It feels Mm -hmm. like it was a very personal thing against Barbara. It's so bizarre because it's like a relevant thing. Like this is a recent occurrence. This isn't something we're talking about that happened in the 60s or the 90s. This is something that happened recently. A few years ago. Yeah, a few (laughs) years ago. It's one of those cult slash conspiracy topics that we've gotten into that's more of in like the limelight of what's going on in recent years. So it this is a different one for me. This is super, super intriguing right now at the moment. I think she's nuts, but definitely an odd episode for us, considering that it kind of merges cults with our conspiracy stuff, but also with true crime and this whole myriad of subjects that we cover. It's kind of hard to really get the minute details of everything that happened around this murder and about around the suicide and around the cult themselves, because they were very, as much as they were a public group, they kept a lot of things very like hush hush. Mm. What a great way to end the year for us. Nice big mashup of all different things. Steven had only been dating Barbara for about a year when he began talking about marrying her, even referring to her as his wife. This raised red flags for Shriner, who began labeling her as a demon or a reptilian. Stephen defended Barbara, obviously, and eventually began to use his own YouTube platform to speak out against Sherry, calling her out on her lies. This was obviously in stark contrast to Sherry and Stephen's previous relationship. As previously stated, Stephen was one of Sherry's main supporters. Stephen helped to run many of Sherry's websites, All of this despite never actually meeting one another outside of the internet. That answers my question of who was running it, the website at least, at at that juncture. Yeah, Uh, at that time he was helping her heavily. But Sherry also taught herself HTML. All of her websites and everything were actually put up and maintained by her. Now this sparked Sherry to kick both Steven and Barbara out of the Orgone Warriors. Barbara stated that this had sent Stephen into a depression. On the night of Stephen's death, both he and Barbara were actually drinking. Sounds like a great idea. And let's talk about reptilian cults. Stephen wanted to go into the woods in the back of their house and shoot off his pistol. And after firing the pistol, the couple went back into the house where Stephen became erratic. 
So he just went full rootin' tootin'. Things get a little wild. Barbara claims Stephen put the gun in her hands and pointed it at his forehead, telling her repeatedly to shoot him. During this exchange, the gun accidentally discharged, killing Stephen Mineo. After the shooting, Barbara made a frantic 911 call. You can listen to it online if you really feel like it. Claiming she had accidentally shot her boyfriend. Police would go on to interrogate Barbara Rogers for over seven hours, where her account of the events that night had 20 to 30 different variations. Whoa. Yeah. So that's how wasted she was. It had nothing to do with being wasted. In actuality, the police never tested her blood to see if she had any substance. They had assumed that she was drunk or intoxicated, but she said that she hadn't drank that much. They interrogated her for a very long time. It's seven hours of interrogation, but they also kept her previously in the police station for another two hours. This whole event took place over about nine hours. So over over a seven-hour interrogation period, this lady changed her story about four times an hour. Here's the thing, though. Now, without knowing all the details of this, you would say she's making it up. She doesn't know what's going on. But she stuck to her story for a good four hours of those seven. And she repeatedly said that it was an accident. She repeatedly said that Stephen was standing in front of her. They were standing in front of each other. And then the gun accidentally went off when he was holding it to his head. The police would keep badgering her and questioning her, pretty much saying, you killed him. You wanted to kill him. Didn't you want to kill him? He wasn't standing up. The way that his body looked, it wasn't standing up. How could a gun go off? By the way, Barbara Rogers was in the military, so that was another question. How would you let a gun go off? You're in the military. You don't know how to prevent a gun from going off. They, they pretty much badgered her. She hadn't eaten. She hadn't drank anything. It was seven hours of them just repeatedly saying to her, that's not what happened. Why don't you tell us the truth? After a traumatic event, nonetheless. After a traumatic event, which after a traumatic event, most times people forget the exact way that the entire scenario went down. Interrogating someone directly after something like that happens is... A lot of people would say, looking at it, that Barbara Rogers was kind of badgered and like pushed into this situation of like, did you murder your boyfriend or was this accidental? There's no doubt she definitely killed him, but whether it was an accident or premeditated murder or murder in the heat of the moment. Police officials would go on to charge Barbara with murder. In her trial, the defense would push for a manslaughter charge in hopes the jury would see it as a tragic accident. In the final days of the trial, the judge had taken the option for a charge of manslaughter off of the table. Barbara would be found guilty of murder in the third degree and sentenced to 15 to 40 years. That was kind of wow. an unprecedented thing also. At the beginning of the trial, the judge said that the jury would decide whether or not it was manslaughter or murder. And literally on the day of the sentencing, the judge changed it and took manslaughter off the table. So it was either murder in the first degree or murder in the third degree. Sherry's story about the night Stephen Mineo's murder was certainly a strange one. She claimed that the killing was actually a psyop orchestrated by the government to put the blame on her and her ministry. 
But the strangest part of her tale was that when she said that God had revealed to her the true events of that night, she was spoken to afterwards. Mm, Of course. According to Sherry, Stephen had caught Barbara in a reptilian facial distortion, and this had sent her into a murderous rage. Sherry believed Barbara was possessed by a reptilian during the murder, something that she referred to as soul scalping. She gained tons of new listeners and requests for interviews after the murder. She would describe the murder and events leading up to it in gross explicit detail, always with new details, as she told the story. That's fucking sick. I think the biggest thing to happen to her as far as fame goes was the death of Stephen Mineo. Does that mean Kelly's death too? She also grabbed some popularity off of... When it comes to Kelly, I think it was a different feeling for her. She had kind of, again, this is my my personal thought on it. I think that she was enamored with Steve, but I think when it came to Kelly, she kind of saw her as like a daughter. There's not much in terms of what Sherry thought about Kelly's suicide, but I know that Telling certain Oregon warriors that they were part of the elect or the 144,000 angels was a very personal thing. And she only told that to certain people. And she only told that to people that she had met in real life physically. She was very picky about who was part of the elect and who could get to meet her. I'm surprised Sherry wasn't charged with manslaughter over the whole kelly suicide thing because it seems like there's a direct correlation you know they meet up and then all of a sudden kelly goes and buys a bunch of sleeping pills saying that it's for the greater good and for this war that she's fighting alongside sherry obviously that probably would have come to light she probably would have had to deal with that Mm. yeah and that right there is a big part of the reason that they call what she had a cult that's cult-like behavior at the highest degree if you have people that are willing to die for your cause, that's a cult. I don't know that Kelly's suicide was publicized as much as the murder was because murder is different than suicide in the newscast. Murder plays more. They didn't really pick up on the Sherry Schreiner connection to her suicide. But I think that later on, if after Stephen Mineo's murder and eventually the suicide of Kelly Pingilly coming to light, if authorities had looked at Sherry Shriner, they probably would have targeted her as a cult member or as a cult leader. And there may have been something to follow that. She may have gotten charges thrown at her. There was a thought process after the murder of Stephen Mineo that she was going to get charged. She told her listeners that she needed money for lawyers because they were going to charge her with accessory to murder and uh, all this other stuff. So she was even financially reaching out to her listeners after that, looking for money for lawyer fees, quote unquote. In January of 2018, Sherry Schreiner died of a heart attack. She had actually been hospitalized days before her death. The Oregon Warriors believed that Sherry was attacked by reptilian demons and that she had prophesied her own death. A lot going on there. A lot of red string. She had heart problems for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was 
getting herself all worked up about this shit on the internet once a week for 14 years, I could see how that could lead to some heart issues and some high blood pressure and yeah, shit like that. Sure. Well, hushlings, if you're interested, there are still Oregon warriors in the world today. They still believe Sherry Shriner is the sister of Jesus and think Yah will start the final war. One member is still quoted as saying, I hope today is the day, the day where we get to go home to the father and everyone will know who Sherry really was. Essentially saying that they hope they all die today. So I'm getting real big Marshall Applewhite vibes going on with mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah, because the survivors of Heaven's Gate even say that they are they wish that they hadn't missed out. FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> I got serious FOMO that I didn't make it in that comet. <laughs> the state of the Oregon Warriors today, there is a new leader that goes by the name of Rashael. She claims to be one of the sisters of Sherry Schreiner. It is causing a large divide within the Oregon Warriors camp. They are kind of split. There are people that are very much about Sherry and still say that she's a prophet of God and they follow her word even to this day. Here we are almost five years after her death. Then there's the Oregon Warriors who want to keep moving forward with the mission. They're accepting that Rashael is the new leader. We don't know Rashael's actual name. Couldn't find it. But there was a plan that the Oregon Warriors were going to move to a piece of land, essentially start a commune. So this will become a physical cult. Typical cult. And if it's still active, and like you said, then this ain't done with Hushlings. We're not done with it. The Oregon Warriors have gone silent, especially after kind of announcing their plans that they were going to start a commune. Mm. It's hard to figure out what they're actually doing now. Yeah, But I would not be surprised if there was a large, large cult somewhere living in middle America right now. Yeah, or somewhere in the woods. This is a good one. This is a good one. Good way to close out the year. Really Christmassy. Nice. Gives you a nice warm feeling. (laughs) Those Oregon hockey pucks really just warm the soul, keeps the demons out. Well, should we jump onto the Reddit train real quick before we uh, wrap up this uh, culty cultiness? We shall, we shall. All right, Hushlings, didn't find too much on Reddit with this one because Sherry Schreiner is very compartmentalized. As Mike said before, it's really difficult to find even pictures of this person and ones that haven't looked like they aren't 10 by 10 pixels. We have a guy, you might have remembered him. His name is Matthew Taylor Coleman, and I don't have the Reddit user that I got this from, but on the afternoon of August 7th, 2021, very recent, Matthew Coleman packed his family up daughter of two and daughter of 10 months and they went from santa barbara through san diego into mexico and he pretty much thought that his kids were inheriting his wife's reptilian dna and they had to be stopped jesus yes so he killed them after all was said and done coleman allegedly told the agents while he was in mexico that he had laid in bed and seeing all of the pieces decoded like the matrix and that he was actually neo Quote goes on to say, he said visions and signs revealed that his wife, Abby Coleman, possessed serpent DNA. Matthew Coleman mentioned that he was not sure if his wife was a shapeshifter, Jesus, and had passed it on to his children and that 
all things were pointing to the idea that his children have corrupted DNA that will spread if something is not done about it. This guy was a heavy Q supporter, too. That's fucked. That's scary. Yeah. He might have known of Sherry Schreiner. Who knows? Couldn't get too, too deep on it. Obviously, there's no deposition of him talking about Sherry Schreiner. Do you want to hear a startling fact? Yes. Yeah, always. Before we get into our final thoughts. Absolutely. 60 million people in the United States believe in reptilians. You got it. You got to back that up a little bit for me. I'm stoked on that, but you, yeah. you got to. <laughs> where is this coming from? Uh, apparently, a poll that was taken from a source that I got that fact from. 60 million? 60 million. Quarter of the population. Yeah. You think that's a good thing or a bad thing? What people do in the name of that, I think, is terrible. Like, yeah. look at the Coleman situation. Look at the guy that caused that explosion outside the Dominion offices that was driving that RV with explosives. In Nashville? Yeah. The things that people do in the name of fighting against reptilians or believing in reptilians is awful. I don't think that it's a good thing, especially when you have a massive mental health issue in this country. Mm. coupled with the belief of reptilians. Do you think it's a psyop from the reptilians themselves? Could be. Yeah. (laughs) All right, boys. What say you we get into our final thoughts on Sherry Schreiner, the messenger of the highest God. Dave? I'm going to keep it uh, short and sweet. This is all the ingredients that turns into a cult. (laughs) Whether this lady was, or all the people involved, had some type of mental incapacity for regulating normal thought they might have it's tragic that people actually died for it if sherry died of a heart attack shit fucking happens man but these other people being murdered and committing suicide over the fact of beliefs from this person it's in my mind this is just another cult that turned into a tragedy like we're talking about the canungo massacre or heaven's gate even the manson situation there's just things that are just tragic and there's a lot of people that can't think for themselves the reptilian part is super interesting to me you know i don't want to believe and want to believe that there are reptilians doing this but sherry schreiner has gone to the left to the right from reptilians to god to this to that and it all could be one and the same but who the fuck knows man it's an interesting one and it's something we definitely should keep an eye out for random things to happen in the future i do believe that this is definitely a cult i think it's still a cult today Like I said, I think that they exist somewhere out there in the middle of the woods and they are spreading Oregon around and destroying underground reptilian bases. I think that Sherry Schreiner was a really great salesperson. When it boils down to it, all big cult leaders are great salespeople. That's all they are. You know, she sold a lot of people on her ideas and she got very devout people to follow her. And it's scary to think that if Sherry, while she was still alive, or even their new leader, Rashael, if they had just sent the message out, listen, we're all going to go to heaven. You're all part of the 144,000, the elect. Let's just end it now. That would have been the largest mass cult killing Mm -hmm. in history. 
because she had that big of a following. We look at a lot of cults. We look at Heaven's Gate and we look at Jim Jones and Kanungu, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and Jim Jones just under a thousand. It's a scary thought to think that if Sherry had just said the word that there would have been probably thousands of people across America that would have just off themselves. I think it's scarier than anything, and it speaks a lot to human behavior. Definitely a tough one to research. It was definitely a, a tough one to look into. I had to, like I said, pull from a lot of different sources, a lot of different information, and there's a lot of different conflicting evidence out there and information out there. So if we got anything wrong in this, please don't hold it against us. It's the best information that we could get on it. Slick Frog Sanders, what is your final thought on Miss Shriner? Frog's final thought. It's not fun. It's not a fun subject, but it's different. It's different from the typical cult that we might cover just because of the virtual aspect of it. And it's weird when you sort of apply this same sort of thing to a lot of the different shit that you see on the internet. Like, it makes me think if a bunch of these Twitch streamers really wanted to do it, they could do it. If a bunch of YouTube content creators wanted to do it, they could do it. It's scary how close of a personal relationship you can feel to some sort of internet persona that you've never met how many people completely obsess over and worship some sort of content creator. They consume all of their content. They've never met them. They've never talked to them, but their word is, is gospel. Their word is that that's it. So it's scary to see how great of an effect this sort of stuff can have on somebody's psyche when it comes to the religious aspect of it and Sherry's actual beliefs like I asked earlier, how soon that sort of stuff came into play, if it if it happened at a younger age or if it was part of the so-called sales pitch. And if it did happen at a younger age or in the first portions of her life, was it a mental ailment? Was it something like frontal lobe epilepsy like we've talked about where people might have these prophetic sort of revelations to them, communes with God, communes with Yahweh, and they they feel the need to spread this sort of gospel. It's scary shit. It's scary shit. And jokes on them, if there was a rapture, if any of that shit in the Bible is true, that shit already probably happened. You missed the boat. Sorry. Oh, yes. Interesting final thoughts. Well, Hushlings, as always, was there anything that we missed? Was there anything that we should have covered? Did we mess up any of the facts? Did we misinterpret the message from Yahweh? Did we buy a shitty organ on an internet website that didn't work for us? Reach out to us. As always, you can find us at our email address, contact at hushhushsociety.com. Hushtillions, one more heads up. We will be live on Rockfin to cover celebrity and government clones on January 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be fun. There might be a bunch of people in there that we haven't interacted with. If you haven't been in our live shows, there might be people there that you haven't interacted with. Stop in, maybe shoot the shit with some other hushlings. It'll be fun. I'm pumped. Our Hell yeah. first Rockfin 
live show. Yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. And we'll still drop the links on Facebook, you know, but you'll have to go through Rockfin. For all our patrons out there, on January 19th, we are going to be releasing our very first exclusive debriefing of 2023, where we're talking about the blacked out spots on Google Maps. Quick message for the hushlings pertaining to Rockfin. Rockfin is very easy to sign up for. I actually don't even think that you need to sign up for it. You don't. Dude, you could just click the continue with Google or continue with Facebook. Download the app. You don't need to do anything. If you want to, you can register with us there and we'll get your email address and you can be added to our email list, but you don't have to. We're not going to make it a premium live, so you won't have to pay for anything. It's going to be free. Free as always. We'll never charge you for a live show. Come on through, hang out at our new venue, and uh, see how many technical difficulties we can run into there. (laughs) Yeah, there'll be a few. Hushlings, we'll see you then next year. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Sliggity Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.